Hello everyone and welcome to the weekend. Our reading is taken from Mark chapter 4. We're continuing with chapter 4 verses 26 to 34. He also said this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day whether he sleeps or gets up the seed sprouts and grows though he does not know how. All by itself the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So there in that chapter we have two bits. Jesus tells the parable of the growing seed. And then Jesus tells the parable of the mustard seed. Now Mark Wood's reflection today is entitled. Signs of life. Discerning the kingdom of God. Key verses are verses 30, 30, 31 and 32. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. And he says, equating the growth of the kingdom of God with the growth of the church is a recurring temptation. It's true that a full church might very well be better than a half-empty one. God's desire is for human flourishing in body, mind and spirit. And we're better for spiritual flourishing than a church. There's a lot more to it than that, however. The rule of God extends beyond a church's walls. It involves justice, peace and reconciliation. Not just inspirational sermons or sweet music. So there's a paradox. A tiny church where God is worshipped faithfully, relationships are healthy and a few believers really try to change the world might be a better sign of the kingdom than the megachurch where you have to arrive early to get a seat. I'm going to repeat that. So there's a paradox. A tiny church where God is worshipped faithfully, relationships are healthy, and a few believers really try to change the world might be a better sign of the kingdom than the mega church where you have to arrive early to get a seat. This paradox is echoed by the theme of Jesus' parables here, which is mystery. His hearers had no idea what made crops grow. Today, we know exactly what happens. We can even manipulate them to make them grow better. But we can still be wonderstruck 
by the yearly miracle of the green shimmer on a field in spring. So we shouldn't imagine we can control the kingdom's growth as though if we found the right formula we could make churches grow or make righteousness and harmony break out. It's not up to us. Jesus says here, it's up to God. That doesn't mean we shouldn't expect to work hard at church, but it does mean we look to God to bring results in his own good time. And our thought for today is, how should we balance our responsibility to work for God's kingdom with the knowledge or our knowledge that he alone brings a harvest? Let us pray. God, help us to believe in miracles. Help us to trust in your power and not to feel that we have to do everything ourselves. Keep us alert for signs of your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of all good gifts, we thank you and praise you. Your spirit has touched our lives, bringing wisdom, ability, strength, courage and passion. Enable us to use our gifts in service to you and to others. In all that we do and in all that we are, may your name be glorified, that your kingdom will be with us and reside here on this earth. We pray this in the name of your Son, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Today we are praying for the Church of England, for our Archbishops, uh, Justin Welby and Stephen Cottrell, and Overseas Links, and for local shops and businesses. So a lot to think and pray about there. So we pray for the Church, the Church of England, for all that it stands for in teaching of the risen Lord Jesus. We pray for the church, Christ's body in the world. It may be divided, sometimes persecuted, often complacent, but we pray that it might grow in unity, strength, vision and loving kindness. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. And today, in this time of great challenge, we pray for the economic well-being of our country. Remember before God those who face great uncertainty in their work. We lift before God those who have lost their jobs and face an uncertain and difficult future. We pray for a renewed commitment to our common life together. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. 
Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And so now, as we continue into the weekend, amid the mundane and the commonplace, may the God of life grant us rich blessing. From the cold stone jars of our ordinary lives, may Jesus draw out the fruit of God's kingdom. Beyond the expectations of the daily round, may the Holy Spirit surprise us with new joys. And the blessing of God, the all-loving, who creates and transforms and inspires us, be with us this day and forever. Amen. Have a lovely day, everyone. And uh, we'll meet again tomorrow. And uh, uh, till then, take good care. Bye for now.